One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over the death he had conquered. Now is ascended my Lord evermore. Death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him from rising again. choir this morning they've asked that the uh, it's going to take a while to cook the chili so they've asked me to go a little longer than normal so our scripture this morning we're just going to read the entire book of Matthew no uh, if you want to follow along this morning we'll be in Matthew chapter 6 verses 20 through 21 and also Matthew 25, verse 21. Matthew 6, 20 through 21. It says, but store up yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then in Matthew 25, 21, he writes, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have, you have been, uh, you've had much faith with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do, we love you this morning, Lord, and we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon this service, that our ears, our hearts, our minds are open to what you have to say this morning. All these things we ask in your name. Amen. I saw a pastor give a statement a few weeks ago, and I've not been able to get it off my mind what he said. The reason is, with everything that's going on in the world, this statement just rocked me. I've never really thought about a legacy, or to be more specific, my legacy. What will people say about me when I'm gone? I know the old saying that says, you should live your life in a way that the, the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. That makes perfect sense, but when I heard this random statement, I saw a much bigger picture. This pastor said, we need to start worrying more about what God will say when we arrive and less about what man will say when we're gone. Worry more about what God will say when we arrive and less about man, what man will say when we're gone. See, this is the bigger picture. No one wants to be forgotten. That's just, of course you don't. But without a major accomplishment that goes down in history, this happens over time. Like, uh, don't ask me why we use George Washington. It's probably because I had a dollar to my name when I wrote this. But we, uh, we'll use George Washington this morning. But we, of course, remember George Washington. And when I think about George, I think about him standing up in a boat. That's what I think about. I just remember that. Was it the Delaware they were crossing? Okay, um, I just think about him being the only man standing up in a boat. But do anybody in this room know anyone else in that boat? Where's Becky at? She's probably related to somebody in that boat. <laughs> but unless you followed your family tree all the way to that boat, no one knows any, anybody else in there. I mean, George Washington was the father of our country. His face is on the dollar bill. He's on the quarter. His legacy on earth, though, didn't matter when he stood before God. It's not what the world thought of George or what we say about him now that he's gone. It's the big picture of what did God say when he arrived. There have been some terrible people who have gone to jail for awful crimes, but in jail... They gave their life to Christ. We may remember them as terrible people, but at the feet of Christ, they heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've thought a lot about this since I heard that preacher say this statement, but, and I'm honored. There's a couple banners over at Wheatmore High School that have my name on them. I don't know how long they'll be there, but it's kind of cool to walk in and see your name up on the, on the gym wall. But 
I just don't know how long they'll be there. Recently, we've talked about our wrestling team at Trinity and what a year they've had, and they're getting ready to hang a new banner for the dual state team championship. But there's already a banner on the wall at Trinity High School, and it's from the 1980 state championship team, wrestling team. So at the Fellowship of Christian Students meeting that we had last Friday, I asked, oh, by the way, that Fellowship of Christian Students, we had to move it out of my room because it's up to like 75 kids now, so we moved it to the theater, so it's amazing what's happening over there. But I asked those kids, I said, you know that banner that says the 1980 state wrestling team? They were like, yeah, we've seen it. I was like, can any of you name a single person from that team? Not one person in that theater knew anybody on that team. In 40 more years, that banner may not even be there. And if it is, nobody will know anyone on that team. I told you that we had the first Trinity Hall of Fame athletic dinner the other night. We had a, ta you know, we had a table that had tons of like memorabilia on it and it had pictures from all oh, many, many years of Trinity sports. And one of the pictures was the girls' 1924 basketball team. And I was standing at the table looking at all the stuff, and this girl standing beside of me goes, hey, look, the 1924 team. I was like, yeah, it's amazing. And I was like, two of them are going to be here tonight. I'll wait for that. She goes, you're kidding. And I'm like, no. I said, really? They're going to be 117 years old by the time they showed up for this dinner. So she's not talking to me very much right now, but... Uh, that's not as bad as recently I told someone here, and I won't say who, but I jokingly told them that Herb had gotten Clara Cox, our first pastor, to, to speak at our 100th anniversary Sunday. And they were like, wow! <laughs> but seriously, that 1924, that did happen, by the way, so I'm not going to call any names, but that 1924 team didn't have names listed. And I've been around that school for a long time, but I didn't recognize any of them. Legacies come and they go. It's not what people will say about us when we're gone. It's what will God say about us when we arrive. Several years ago, a man that I played a lot of golf with, he walked down the aisle at church and gave his life to Christ. He's kneeled at the altar and was saved one Sunday morning. And after the service, I went up and hugged this man, and, I, and with tears in his eyes, he said, you're a big reason I accepted Jesus this morning. And I was kind of taken back by that, because on the golf course, we really didn't talk church, and this was before I'd been called into the ministry. And he went on to say that, I've always thought of Christians as hypocrites. They say one thing, and then they act a different. He goes, but I've watched you, and you're the same person on the golf courses that you are in church. And I assumed he meant without throwing clubs because I didn't throw any in the church. But I've never forgotten that morning. You know, I've accomplished a few things coaching, but no one is going to come up to me in heaven and want to talk about the 2015 state championship game. But if someone walks up to me and says, you're a big reason I'm here, that's the bigger picture. That's your legacy. That'll last forever. I'm not saying we go out, sell everything we have, put on some sandals, and go out into the wilderness. 
just to spread the message. Of course, we want to do as well as we can by our families. I don't want to leave my kids holding the bill for everything that I've done in my life. But I'm much more concerned about seeing my children in heaven than I am seeing them in a new vehicle. See, when I think of Billy Graham, I just remember all the thousands of people that came to the altar as they sang Just As I Am. That's the legacy. I'm sure he's much more concerned about the number of people that went to the altar than he is the number of books he sold or the number of presidents he got to meet. He brought millions of people to Christ. That's an incredible legacy. But with all the good things that Billy Graham ever did, he only wanted to hear one thing. And that's his Savior say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But here's the thing. Remember those criminals that gave their life to Christ? They heard the exact same thing. They heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. But that should be the goal of everyone in this meeting. We want to hear that. That should be what we're striving towards. Like I said, we have responsibilities. We are here to take care of our families, our employees, our students, our customers, our patients. We want to do the best job we possibly can and live the best life we can. But in the end, it won't matter. One day we will all stand before God. And it won't matter what our net worth is, what others will think about us, or what we've accomplished while we're here. And it all goes back to what this pastor said. We should all be more, we should all be worrying more about what God will say when we arrive than what people will say when we're gone. In Philippians 3.20, Paul writes, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's the goal. It's not about a legacy. I don't care how you've lived your life up to this point. It's where do we go from here? How am I and where am I going? And what will God say when I get there? I pray that we live our life in a way when we stand before God, we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's have a time of open worship.
Father, we do love you this morning. Lord, that's just what we want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, just help us to go out this week and represent you in everything that we do. Lord, we pray for those that need you the most. And we especially pray for those that think they need you the least. Lord, as we move into the fellowship hall, I ask that you bless the food for the nourishment of our bodies and our bodies of our service bless the hands that prepare it. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen.